everybody welcome into another edition of the daily energy news beat stand up here on this gorgeous september 18th 2023 as always i'm your humble correspondent michael tanner coming to you from an undisclosed location here in dallas texas joined by the executive producer of the show the purveyor of the show and the director and publisher of the world's greatest website energynewsbeat.com Stuart turley my man how we doing today it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood i'm here in my office in west texas and michael i stopped on the way in and i did some interviews with some wind turbines on the way in they were doing nothing they weren't working so i'll be publishing those later they're on strike demanding <laughs> higher pay <laughs> so no that's awesome um Stu holding it down in west texas hopefully it's not too hot there but despite the travels we have an absolute banger of a show lined up we're going to start with our favorite state california um they're suing oil giants alleging quote Climate risk deception, according to a new report. So Stu's going to dive into what's going on um, with Newsom. We're going to stay in that state and talk about what's happening in their legislature. They go ahead and approve a plan to allow California to buy more power. But wait. It's paid for with more surcharges to the consumer. So as always, you guys take it in the drive-thru. We'll chop, we'll fly on over to Saudi Arabia. U.S. in, quote, regular contact with Saudi Arabia over global oil supplies seem to be doing really well in those talks. So really glad we've got, <laughs> we've got the U.S. government on it. I feel rest assured Biden's on right. it, guys. Um, but then we're going to do a trio of U.S. Um, onshore or offshore wind as we're going to follow up really on the, on the news of Orstad's um, financial financial troubles, canceling a bunch of projects, U.S. offshore winds slammed by runaway costs, rendering the inflation reductant acts useless. Then next, an opinion piece. This one was in Bloomberg. What do Orstad's financial problems mean for Rhode Island's stake in offshore wind? And then finally, states beg Biden to bolster offshore wind while projects flounder. So wrap it up with the trio of, of, of our favorite off uh, U.S. offshore wind, save the whales, not in my backyard personally. Then Stu will kick it over to me. I'll cover quickly what's going on with oil and gas prices. We we, we finished above 90 for the week, 90.77. Things look to also gap up today. So uh, or, or as the markets open later this afternoon, so we will cover exactly where or we think oil prices are going. Rig counts had an interesting surprise print. We'll go ahead and cover what that is. I then quickly tout what I think is an early candidate for IR guy of the week. I'm um, talking about high peak. They've got some some new debt, and we'll cover what that looks like. But before we do all that, guys, remember, all the analysis and stories you are about to hear are brought to you by the world's greatest website, www.energynewsbeat.com. Stu and the team does a great job of curating that website to making sure it stays up to speed on all things energy, energy news, energy finance, You know, offshore wind, onshore wind. We're going to talk a lot about that today. But what's really the macro problems going along in the energy business, it's the best place for all of that. You can uh, follow the show, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, subscribe to us on YouTube at Energy Newsbeat. That's a great way to support the show. Um, we appreciate everybody who's watching us there. You can check us out, dashboard.energynewsbeat.com. It's our attempt at data news combo. So go ahead and uh, uh, check that out. Give us some feedback. You can do that via the link below um, in the description where also all of the articles and timestamps are. But you can also uh, 
fill out a little form, get in contact, ask us questions. You can email the show for to do it that way. Questions at energynewsbeat.com. We appreciate everybody tuning in. We've got a big show ahead. We've got a big week lined up, Stu. So let's go ahead and kick us off. Where do you want to begin? Hey, let's start in my favorite uh, third world country, California. Uh, California sues oil giants uh, alleging climate risks deception. This is about as dumb as it gets. Let me come on down here. And uh, the deception is just horrible. Rob Bonta, uh, the California attorney, Michael, filed this and he filed it against we're talking a who's who of the oil companies uh, targeted ExxonMobil, Shell, BP, ConocoPhillips and Chevron. And it's because of the deceptions that our oil and gas are uh, hiding the fact of how bad fossil fuels are. Let's get a quote from him. Oil and gas company executives have known for decades that reliance on fossil fuels would cause these catastrophic results, but they suppress that information from the public and policymakers by actively pushing out the disinformation on the topic. Read the 135-page complaint. This, it, it caused a delay to global warming response. Michael? I'm going to call hoo-ha on this. This is not only hoo-ha. I would swear if this wasn't a, a family show, this is about as kind of like an OU graduate, if you would. Uh, ooh. I, have you seen that meme where that little girl is crying or it's actually a uh, short and the little girl's crying and he goes, oh. dad, call me a Democrat. Okay. <laughs> I've seen that. That's funny. Okay. What I think is interesting is this. So this lawsuit is, you know, as Stu mentions, alleging that they've quote downplayed the risk posed by fossil fuels. Who are those companies target? Exxon, Shell, BP, ConocoPhillips, Chevron. What I find interesting Interesting is that BP, for all of the green push that they've done, and, and we talked about it at nauseum last week with the news of their CEO stepping down due to uh, some unpronounced relationships. But right. what was the goal when he took over in 2016? They shift. They, they, they were going to become beyond petroleum. They were going to move and really push that renewables forward. And guess what? For all that hard work. For all that investment, guess what? When it comes to being looped into what really is just a vanity lawsuit, like this is just to get right. headlines, this is just for the press release, they still get looped into it. Imagine being in investor relations at BP. You got to think, what more can we do? We, you, Outside of abandoning oil and gas altogether, there's nothing you can do. So take note if you're an oil and gas company. You can do everything right. You right. can placate the ESG people. And guess what? When it comes down to it, they're still going to loop you in with everybody else because it's not a serious discussion. That's what I took out of this. Oh, absolutely. And and what we're seeing is like the climate scientist that just admitted that he fraudulently did everything, you know, to uh, get yep. his reports. So there's fraud on both parts. I, I disagree with this 100 percent. Just for the same shocker, reason. Stu and I disagree with this one. I know everyone was, was, was wait a minute, yeah, on hands and knees wondering where do they come down on this climate lawsuit. Yeah, I'll tell you what, I need to get my defibrillator out because you know I'm shocking myself. Here. <laughs> All right, let's stay in California though. Yeah, let's. Oh, like this one did something this, stupid. Classic. Oh, this one uh, takes the cake. Uh, you know, legislature approves plan allowing California to buy power paid with more surge charges to consumers. 
course. Michael, just as a tee up on what this is, Governor Newsom, uh, the pretty boy of politics, he is setting it up for permission to buy massive amounts of electricity to avoid blackouts. And Michael, it's going to be from neighboring states. Are you ready? By natural gas. And coal. Perfect. I mean, we're we're talking things that they have been trying to avoid, but because they have gone, as Jay Young would say, greener, they have just totally gone into the solar and wind, highest energy cost in the U.S. Five companies, roughly Michael, they paid seven hundred fifty million dollars to lease areas off the California coast. Here's what the problem is. Those projects could generate enough electricity for 3.5 million homes. They can't get them connected. Oops. Five, here, here, $750 million just to lease land. I mean, right. and you think oil and gas leasing is expensive where you hear words like 10,000 an acre, 20,000 acre and things go crazy. But I want to know what the per acre cost of that is that this could go down $750 million just to lease land. Is this not just a government scheme to grab money? Because like, ooh, we're just going to auction off all this leases that we know no one's going to actually build on because it's once they actually do the math. Right. Who, who's underwriting these deals? I'd love Uh, to see that financial model. We're going to talk about that in some of the next stories here. Um, This one kind of gets me all worked up. When you sit back and say California has moved quickly to end its reliance on fossil fuels in recent years, state regulatory uh, have banned the sale of most new gas powered cars in 2035, but the state struggled. Michael, Mm -hmm. they're still using 70% of the oil drilled in the rainforest drilled by China. They're destroying the rainforest and they are energy. Hypocrisy is alive and well. All right. Yeah. It's, I mean, what what do you expect from uh, California? Oh yeah. Uh, I'll tell you, I'm, I like my haircut better than Newsom's. It's faster in the shower for our podcast listeners. I got a, a flesh colored hairline. <laughs> All right. Let's All go right. to the next one. U.S. in regular contact with Saudi Arabia over global oil surprise. Michael, last week or in the last few weeks, MDS met with Joe Biden for about 15 seconds. Let's hold a moment of silence for this meeting. Okay. It was actually really very, very short. MDS would not shake hands with him. I'm kidding. That was the fist bump that lived in infamy. Biden says he talked about all these kind of things and everything else. And it was really about a one minute. And there's no way because I've got a quote from it right here. Biden told MDS. Okay. that being said, United States is in regular contact at senior levels with Saudi Arabia about ensuring stable Mm. and affordable supply of energy to global markets. National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan says, Michael, I want to ask your opinion. Do you think MDS and the King actually want to listen to anything old Biden says? No, 
Absolutely not. <laughs> Even if they could regular contact with senior levels about, int- I mean, then they keep, why do they keep cutting? I mean, there's a reason they're probably doing all of this again. This is this is just an attempt to placate and say, no, 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 we 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 know what's going on. We're 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 in control. We're in control. They're not. We know it's well, it's clearly not working. Oil's over 90 bucks. That's not really what they want. Oh no, and and it's gonna raise the price. There's two other mm-hmm. facets that were in other stories. And you know, I like to weave other stories in. Three weeks ago, it came out that Secretary Granholm, who if she was dating Fetterman, it'd be Fettergram. Now she had actually worked with the CCP in order to, she called them on how much to release. Hey, President Z, how much should I release out of the SPR? Because when you invade Taiwan, you want to make sure we can't do anything. Okay. He goes, uh, but it's going to sell everything. Okay, great. So she calls up Hunter and then she arranges for Hunter see, you know, to be able to buy all of it. His company bought a good chunk of it out of there. Okay. So you can't buy this kind of entertainment out of our energy thing. How that plays into this is that you have U.S. energy talking to the Saudis and the secretary Granholm said she's going to hit the SPR again shortly in order to make sure she can keep the gas prices down. There's nothing in the SPR, Michael. Well, you heard it here second, folks. Oh, absolutely. Couldn't, couldn't, we couldn't go an entire show without mentioning Hunter Biden. So props oh. to you for being able to slip that in. Let, let, we got to go over to uh, the, the, this debacle from, from Orsted. Um, talk to me. Let, let's go to the next one here. Okay. Let's go to our other part of the third world countries, the the East Coast. Uh, and you know what, Michael, real quick, we got to love our, our, our listeners. I want to give a shout out to all of our listeners, all the feedback. California, New York are our biggest markets in the United States. Russia is listening to us like you wouldn't believe. I'm sorry. I, you know, my Putin imitations, they're over there going, hey, hey. hey. <laughs> All right. I got to get back to this. Okay. The title is uh, What Do Orsted's Financial Problems Mean for Rhode Island Stake and Offshore? Michael, we have three articles that are kind of all related. And, you Mm -hmm. know, I like to weave the stories. But let me back up a little bit and talk about Orsted uh, having some problems. And they were backing out. And I believe they were the only ones that bid on some offshore wind leases. And now they're trying to shut down one of their projects because it is fiscally unsustainable. So last, we've already talked about that and I'm just kind of teeing up because this is a little bit uh, different and it's more in the finance on this. Let me give you a Jeff, uh, Chief, Chief Executive Mads Nipper said on August 30th with the call with the investors, quote, as we mature toward the final investment decision, if the walkaway scenario is the economical rationale decision for us, then this remains a real scenario for us as an alternative to actually taking the final investment decision. Wow. Orsted prices or shares fell 25% in the wake of the news. Now, a top credit agency, Michael, is hammering them to a negative on the buy. Wow. So now let's get into some of the Moody's affirmed Orsted uh, bond and credit ratings, but it warned of downward pressures. 
Uh, let's see here. Stephanie Francoeur, Orsted is by the three rating agencies, Moody, Standard & Poor's, and Fitch. All three rating agencies have confirmed our current rating. We note that Moody's continues to have confidence in our commitment to our ratings. And this is the hardly the first. I love the article. Keep on going. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, the national grid would turn and earn $4.6 million in energy renewable credits sold. You know, and I, you and I have always said about energy credits, they're actually allowing people that are not helping the environment scam the system anyway so what do you think well i mean it's 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 fairly clear here that there's been massive bets on us wind that are probably not going to pan out we just talked about 750 million dollars for leases guys that's not got nothing to do with building the infrastructure deploying it all of the stuff that needs to happen this is another example on saying and bad underwriting they underwrote this deal at what 77 per megawatt hour now it's got to be 114, according to Bloomberg. I mean, right. and Bloomberg's going to be a little bit on the side of, oh, we want this to work out. So they're incentivized to, to you know, to report on the things that that are. So it's just fascinating that you can get the how much group think and how much the sentiment right. of just everybody can drive people to do things that you look back on and we're looking at right now. It's like, who would, who underwrote, who made this decision? But we're here now. I don't expect Orstad to necessarily, you know, of course they got to come out. What's this quote from their, their North American chief? We're quote, we're still very optimistic with the support, with with the support of the Inflation Reduction Act. I mean, that's a quote from their North American head. Hopeful. Hopeful. It's just unbelievable. Now, uh, let's also add a caveat. My interview with uh, Betsy McCoy, who was the former lieutenant governor of New York, wrote an article in the New York Post. And this this podcast was a hoot. She is a great lady and she's a constitutional attorney. And she said in there in the article that Governor Hochul basically said, we're going to have a 10 percent hike and possibly another 20 percent in the next two years for New York State. Uh, electricity to the consumers. Consumers get it in the drive-thru again, and they're going to double by 2050 to pay for the 100% renewable. So, you know, it's kind of like, holy smokes. Let me go to the next one, and I'm only going to spend just a half a second on each one of these. This supporting article, offshore winds slammed by runaway cost, rendering the Inflation Reduction Act useless. The law might uh, more than 10 gigawatts of uh, offshore wind off the East Coast. 10 nuclear reactors are at serious risk of higher costs. Uh, this was Josh Price quoted. It's pretty evident that the inflation reductionary uh, pressures have Im- uh, blunted the impact of the IRA. It wasn't a silver bullet. And, you know, you sit back and kind of go, whoa, that article goes with Orsted. And then you have the other states. This one is, I'm just going to mention it. The states beg Biden to bolster the offshore uh, wild projects flounder. Uh, six U.S. governors have implored President Biden to boost support for fledgling offshore industry 
fledgling my carcass amid growing concerns that surging costs will imperil multi-billion dollar projects planned for their coastal and Atlantic waters. All three of those go together, Michael. All weave together. Wow. Yeah, all three paint a great picture for offshore wind. And the consumers, because even if these uh, projects falter, the power companies are going to pass. If you do leases and you pay the lease, Michael, how does the lease work in an oil environment? Well, you, I mean, you, you pay that. I mean, lease just works as it's just an expense on top of the, the project itself. So if you're doing project level economics, you need to include the cost it took to acquire that acreage. You know, most people like to do well economics or let's just do a, a wind turbine economic look. Well, okay. Well, okay. So you've got cost of materials. You've got maybe some labor to install it. You've got ongoing fixed costs and variable costs, but there's a revenue stream that we know that's coming from this electricity. But if you have to then take into account the project level, which is, well, I mean, you had to, you had, you had to somehow purchase the ability to, to, you know, use this area because you don't own the, 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 you know, the sea or you don't own whatever, whoever you're putting it on, whether it's a farmer's land. And most people, you know, depending on, you know, when you're evaluating or underwriting a deal or when you're looking at investing in a deal, if you're not under, if, if you don't know how they're underwriting the deal, that puts you at a disadvantage. And, and it's clear in some of these, they just were like, well, we'll spend whatever we want on the leases and we'll worry about the, the project economics aren't going to include the leases. If they did, Fire them all because it's a crime and a half what's happened here. Fire them all. You almost sound like the queen of hearts. Kill them all. <laughs> I would. Yep. Yeah, but you wouldn't save the whales. Well, no, I mean, if, if their goal was to eviscerate all of the whales, if that was the underlying current to all of this, I'd actually be on board with it. But it's not. It's a hustle. It is a hustle. Well, I'm I'm done. Well, then, then then we'll quickly cover what's going on in the oil and gas markets, guys, because it, it was a great week. You know, crude oil prices finished above $90 a barrel for the first time since November of 2022, stood at about $90.77 to be, to be on the nose, looks to gap up to over $91. So an impressive week for oil prices, again, backed by the fact that Saudi Arabia and Russia and OPEC Plus in general have agreed to extend those oil cuts. What we're also seeing is that just much more increased demand coming out of countries like India, China's, uh, you know, we know that economic news hasn't been great. The problem is they continue to buy oil at an aggressive rate. We know that the EIA and the IEA are predicting record um, oil, both demand and supply as we finish out the year here, but demand should outstrip supply slightly. I think that's why you're seeing a rip here in oil prices. It's been funny. The sentiment, I think the last three weeks is oil, you know, rig counts going down, rig counts going down. There's there's divergence between what's, you know, oh my goodness, where oil prices are going up, rig counts are falling. It's only going to be a, a it's only going to continue to, you know, have this six cycle of rig counts going down because of investors wanting money and not seeing and not wanting increase in production. Well, we saw nine rigs turn around week over week, which is one of the larger increases and the largest increase we've seen all year, Stu, which again goes to the fact that people in this industry are extremely flexible. And there are, I mean, and I think this is a, what this first week shows is a reversal in the trend. I think people are saying, okay, at $90 oil, I can now, there are now some projects I can go pick up. It's it's not that Pioneer and the big boys, you know, Exxon and the big players out in the Midland Basin, they've always had the rigs. It's the smaller shops. It's the people who are teetering on 
do I go drill this project? Because I really, I don't just need 30% IRR because I'm, because I, I, I drill one at a time and I pick and choose my spots. I need 60, I need 80% just because of my risk tolerance and, 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 and the way it all works. You know, the fact that my cash flow is super, you know, you know, I'm not cash rich, so I can't necessarily just sit on a cash outlay waiting for, you know, an inlay. I need to, you know, things need to get paid back on a, on a more decent schedule. This is where at $90, you're going to see that rate. You're going to see those style companies begin to pick up rigs. And I'm sure that's what you're seeing right now. Some plans being executed that they've sort of been on the shelf and just waiting for the right time. That's what you're going to see. I guarantee we'll probably see an increase week over week. And, you know, we, the currently we sit at 641. You know, if, if things continue this way, we're going to see 700 by no time. And we could see, remember last year we were at over 150, about one, uh, or excuse me, over 750, about somewhere between 760 and 770. That could be an interesting target as we continue to ride up. The real question though, Stu, is where do you see oil prices going from here? Themes seem to be bullish. In three months, where do you see, are, are we are, are we actually going to see 120 or is this a, is this a blip on the radar or what an otherwise should be a 70, $75 market? I'm extremely bullish. In fact, I got my Texas Longhorns uh, that I have. I'm going to be putting on my truck, you know, and I'll get you a set to put on your truck so we can beat Texans with Longhorns. I'm extremely bullish. Michael, I cannot even throw a number out there because if the Biden administration acts uh, as MDS to increase production, he's going to lower production just to flip his nose at him. So uh, is demand going to go down? Is demand going to go up? There are so many geopolitical things going on. Am I bullish? Heck yeah. Do I know what a price is? I think we're going to go over a hundred. Oh, you think you think it's? I mean, I definitely going over a hundred. Well, go ahead and talk to me about where you see it going. Where do you think the highest is? If you're going to hold me to it, one ten. Okay, so you think one ten is going to do it? Are you um, going over or under? I think. I think. I mean, there's some crazy numbers being thrown around out there, depending on what happens in them. I mean, anything can trigger a huge spike upward. I think we're going to see above 100. I would probably, if you're saying 110 is the break even point, I'll take the under, but I do think we're going to see above 100. So I'd, I'd say 105 is going to be my target. Oh, that's cheesy. You're almost like the price is right, kind of getting in there and right under somebody else. But I think you're right. And in this, the sense is Saudi Arabia, the leadership is smart enough to realize that if they get too high of a price of oil, uh, the world economy takes a gigantic hit. Do you want the world to take any more of a hit that it's already going to have? No, they're they're too smart for that. Yeah. Well, you know, they're they're geniuses, too. What should people be scared about coming up this week? Oh, buckle up. <laughs> Do you want me to really give my hip? No, I don't. I want you to lie and say everything's going to be OK, Michael. I'll tell you what, uh, I just want to give a shout out to all of our fans. We love our fans. Michael, we are on a, uh, we've been on this run rate for a while uh, for our downloads, about 106,000 downloads uh, a month for our, our little, gr I mean, uh, that's a lot of downloads, man. Yes. You know, and uh, amongst other podcasters that are out there, you know, they're, they're a lot less, but we're doing great. Yeah, interesting. Um, interesting. Good, 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 good. 
to just always always just compare yourself with what's going on out there in the marketplace. Yeah, I love I love all of our competitors. They're not really competitors. They're coopetition. Yeah, I mean, if they're fighting for number two, tell you that much. Fighting for number two, Stu. We're well, fighting for number two. We'll get off our high horse for a second, guys. <laughs> Appreciate you checking us out. Um, Energy News Beat Podcast. I'm going to be off tomorrow. Stu's going to rock a solo show. We'll be back full force um, on Wednesday, though. Thanks for checking us out. We will see you guys, and Stu will see you guys tomorrow. Tomorrow.